Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello there. This is episode five of season five of the Secret Library podcast. today's theme as a pair because these two obstacles or features I suppose of the creative writing life uh, have a cause and effect relationship I find. So the first one is boundaries and this can be an obstacle if you think about it in one way but it's also I find a really essential protector. And figuring out boundaries was the obstacle I had to overcome in order to create a writing life that worked. So how you protect yourself, how you protect your time, your energy, it all has a direct relationship on our second half of the pair, which is burnout. So if you don't have boundaries, and I know this personally from more than one experience, burnout is waiting to get you if you, don't, if you don't have boundaries in place. So without boundaries, every request, every demand on your time is of equal importance. And then you are blown around like a handkerchief in the wind. So there's a few crucial principles about boundaries. And I want to share all of those, but first I want to tackle kind of the, the overarching meta level. So what makes boundaries especially important for writers and creatives? I know you know this and you've experienced this directly, but it bears repeating that in many cases, creative work is seen as optional or something that's nice to have. Or it's, you know, a nice little hobby or, you know, depending on how it's perceived by the people in your life, people will see your writing time as time that's available for you to do something else. And in the past, people who are working from home had a really hard time asserting this. So this this past, you know, amorphous, I guess, going on what are we at now, 20 months or something, has really helped people see that working from home does require structure and that it isn't just laying around in your pajamas and that you can get a lot done from home. 
And it actually really isn't so easy to do extra stuff or incorporate other aspects of life and favors and making phone calls or, or dealing with things. And that that breaks your concentration. However, as long as the world and, and various cultures at large that we're a part of considers art and creativity optional, you will have to be the one that prioritizes it. The world is never going to step back and stop demanding things from you. It's, it's up to us to hold the line on the time and energy that we need to make our creative work. So in order to do this, I had to learn the truth about boundaries. And I was not good at this. I'm going to be completely honest. And I'm still not amazing at it. I'm pretty good at this point. And it took me all the way until this year to really understand how boundaries work. A teacher of mine clarified this, and I am so grateful to Joe for this this bit, Joe Hudson, who's an incredible, um, an incredible person. If you don't know him, I recommend looking him up. But the way that he articulated boundaries, really, the the finally the the light went on in my head, which is that boundaries are a promise you you make to yourself. It's not other people's jobs to know, remember, or follow your boundaries. It's our job to keep the promises that we make with ourselves. So let's let's use an example to articulate the difference here. So let's say you don't want to check email before 9.30 a.m. because you want to focus some time in the morning to work on writing. The way to hold this boundary is not to tell other people, you're not allowed to email me before 9.30 a.m. It, it isn't their job to wait until after 9.30 to email you. It's, it's your commitment to yourself not to open email until 9.30. Because if you're, if you're asking other people to maintain your boundary, then you still have no, um, it's not an empowered space for you. You're, you also have no control over it because as soon as somebody emails you before 9.30 a.m., oh, well, I don't get to write. So we can absolutely communicate the expectations that people can have of us and, and the promises that we've made to ourselves to others, and we can do so kindly. It doesn't have to be, leave me alone. <laughs> um, but the deal that we have is with ourselves, not with them. And I've found this to be so much easier to understand. And it, it really gave me this sense of control over my time as much as that's possible to have. But it, I wish I had known this so much sooner because I would have experienced having so much more choice, especially from working uh, for other people. Because uh, so many times I had, well, they're asking for this or, oh, because they asked for this, I have to do it. Or, oh, because someone needs this or because of what someone else did, I felt that I was then automatically obligated to do what they asked, particularly when I was working for someone. Rather than looking at life, looking at the fact that no matter what job we do, they don't own us 100% of the time, as much as some employers would like to. So setting the boundary with ourselves and saying, okay, I'm not going to check email on the weekend. I'm not going to check email, you know, outside of work hours. I'm not going to look at email after dinner in the evening when I'm with my family. 
these are the kinds of things that we can do. Email is a big one because it's so insidious and it just sneaks right in. So it's an easy one to talk about. Okay, so I can already hear the butts (laughs) bubbling up in those of you listening. So are there exceptions to this? Can we 100% keep these promises to ourselves all the time? Of course not. I mean, life happens. And are there exceptions? Of course there are. But let's look at some of the subtleties. Like if you're if you're a parent, there's no boundaries with an infant. I'm not suggesting that we hold boundaries with infants. However, I bet if you've ever had a baby, you've held a ton of boundaries with the rest of the world because of wanting to keep the baby safe. You know, how intensely did 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 those of you as who are parents hold the line on your time, your energy level, your space, who was allowed to come into your space, who was allowed to visit, see the baby, hold the baby, what they had to do to hold the baby, you know, how protective of you are you of your kids? So what if this was a really great lesson on how to hold boundaries for your writing as well? What if your what if your writing needed that same amount of fierceness and that same amount of support? Now, those of you who haven't had babies, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you have no, no frame of reference for this. There's, there's something that is, you know, that you've drawn a line in the sand over. And maybe it wasn't your creativity, but it was a belief. It was something that you said, nope, I'm not, I'm not going over the line for this. Use that experience to translate to that ability that you already have and bring it into your writing. Learning how to say no in order to protect your writing time and energy is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself. And we've had a little booster in many cases, those of us who have not had essential worker jobs or who haven't had to continue going out into the world the past, um, I don't even know how to describe this, since March 2020. um, Corona has said no for us in many ways, those of us who've been working from home. But now that we're starting to open up a little bit more, now that we're, we're starting to go back out, we have to step in and, and stand up for ourselves again. So some questions relating to boundaries. The first question would be, what can I say no to today? Is there something that's absolutely not essential? Because practicing saying no to something every day is really good to get comfortable with withdrawing a line. You know, you can't just come out of nowhere with no practice if you've really felt steamrolled and that you have to say yes to every request for years and years. It's difficult to say no at first. So pick something small, pick something that's not that important. No, I don't have time to put these dishes away right now. Pick something really low stakes and build from there. It's like really teeny tiny little little um, weights. You know, lift the little teeny tiny weights to, to warm up to saying no and then build up as you go. So whenever a request comes, and it can be big or small, ask yourself, is this more important than my current commitments and priorities? And an even bigger question is this more important to me than writing? So when somebody asks you to be on a committee, when somebody asks you to help out with a project that you may or may not be 
particularly interested in, you know, favors, other things that tend to eat away at our time in a way we almost don't notice. Ask yourself, is this more important than than the things I'm committed to right now? And is this more important to me than writing? And if the answer to, honestly, either of those questions, and especially if the answer to both of them is, is no, it's not more important, then it's got to be a no. And if it's difficult to say no, then be with that discomfort. But notice that if you feel depleted and you feel run over, this is one way you can slow that down. And there are ways to say no that are respectful and that are not snippy or rejecting. I think a lot of us worry about being mean or rude or unkind. But saying something like, oh, I'm afraid that's not possible for me right now. Or thank you for thinking of me, but my plate's really full at the moment. And if people press, and they might, because again, it's not their job to hold your boundaries. People are not always happy when you say no. Then you can you can reformulate a bit to, you know, with my existing commitments, I wouldn't be able to do a good job at this right now. You wouldn't be happy with, with what happened. So I wouldn't feel good about the job I could do at this point with this request. A really great book that I highly recommend for negotiation and boundaries, especially with work, um, especially when you work for others, is Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. I believe he's also done a class on Masterclass. And it works not only in work, but also in life. I cannot say how many times I've recommended this book to people. It's very practical. And the thing that I like about his approach to boundary negotiation is it's it's extremely respectful of the other person. And the focus is on really listening and ensuring that the other person feels heard. And also you feel like you can clarify what you're able to do and what you're not. So an example is if, if you've got a boss who's piling more and more and more on you than you can handle, one thing that I used, which I learned from this book, is to put the decision back on them, what they want, while keeping the frame around it of, I have a limited amount of energy and you can choose how you want me to use it, but I'm not a bottomless pit of doing over here. So what that looks like is something like, okay, when there's yet another request on top of the three that are already in progress. So you want me to stop doing and then list the things that you're already working on and do this new thing instead. Like what's the new order of priority? So that's acknowledging that you've got a bunch of stuff already happening. It's giving them control of the decision. So once they decide, they'll be happy. And you also have acknowledged, I can do three things, not 12, or whatever your, whatever your time limit or your energy limit is. Boundaries can absolutely be polite, respectful, and collaborative. So by asking the other person to choose, you've communicated your limitation, and you get to feel empowered, and you also protect yourself from exhaustion. I think most of us feel like we have to either say yes or no, I won't do that. And that those are the only two options. And finding out that this one in the middle was available really changed a lot. 
Another boundary that's a, a touchy topic, but it's one that I feel has to be acknowledged and needs to be included because it changed a, a lot for me is having some savings. So for most of my 20s and 30s, debt was an issue. And especially after the 2008 crash, an earlier incarnation of my business uh, imploded. And it took all of the savings I had accumulated with it. So I had to take jobs at that point that my gut told me were not a good fit for me or that I wasn't going to be a good fit for the employer. Um, And I had to do it because I needed the money. And I even ended up in a job um, coming with a giant helping of sexual harassment from the, um, the owner of the company. And I only lasted six weeks in that job before I said, I cannot do this. Um, and I, I quit. I was scared of what I had seen in that workplace. But I was also aware that if I had had more savings, I wouldn't have even stayed six weeks. And so I told myself I never wanted to have to stay in a job like that again. And I know that many people do stay in jobs where there are situations that make them feel unsafe and that we feel we have to continue because we need health insurance, because we need the money, because we need something that that job is providing and that we're afraid we're not going to get another job and that we don't have the certainty of somewhere else to go. So if you are strapped and you are struggling, as many creatives are, it is unfair and unreasonable. And the system is not set up to take care of this, which makes me incredibly angry. And at the same time, if you are able to squirrel away little bits over time, having the little bit of a cushion, whatever you can manage in holding your boundaries, you you will feel better. And what I found stopped me from setting limits and asking for comp time or holding the line for myself was fear in, in these jobs in my, in my twenties and thirties. And I had a huge amount of fear that I get fired, that I'd lose my income, that I'd lose my health insurance, and that I would be worse off than where I started. And there were points, um, when it wasn't my choice, like a company went under or, um, a position ended that was temporary And it did take me time to find another job. So this was a fear that was born out in reality. But once I made a plan and used my jobs to chip away at debt and save a little bit at a time, I noticed that I felt safer creating boundaries with my employers. Um, The irony was that when I set these boundaries, they didn't fire me. (laughs) That I, I had equated this with, you know, if I said, I, you know, I can't, I can't answer email until 10 o'clock at night every night, or if I just stopped answering email gradually earlier and earlier in the evening after I went home, um, that I would immediately be fired. And that is not at all what happened. But what it took for me to be able to set those boundaries was just a little bit of savings to say, okay, if they do fire me, I have, I've got a couple weeks before this is going to be a huge problem. And then that grew. Everybody's situation is different. Um, I'm certainly not a financial advisor. I will share uh, the question I asked myself, and I still do, similar to the question about saying no to things from earlier in the episode. But this is what I ask when I make a a non-necessary purchase. And that is, do I want this thing more than I want to be able to say no? No. 
And sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes I do want those pants more than I want to be able to say no. But early on, there was very little that I wanted more um, than being able to say no and being able to have my time and my control back. A great resource, actually a couple of great resources that I recommend given that I am, you know, I do writing, I don't do finance planning, but some people I can refer you to if this is an area that you want to work on with your boundaries are um, Sarah Von Bargen, who has been on the podcast. She has some lovely resources about starting small, creating additional money from resources you might not have imagined. She has some lovely challenges and great programs that I recommend. And also, I recommend our first podcast guest ever, Barry Tesler, who has the book and the program, The Art of Money, which has been hugely helpful to me as well in thinking about money and and how I engage with it. So both of their episodes and sites are linked in the show notes, and I recommend you check them out further if this feels like an area which would make a big difference for you. So much of this episode has been about boundaries in order to protect you from the other side, which is burnout. So we talked about the inhale and the exhale last week and looking at how to get inspired and how to feel yourself as a writer. In my experience, because I've been in this in this space, unfortunately, more than once, you know you're in burnout when no matter how much inhale energy you apply, it, it's like the bottom has fallen out. And no matter how much inhale, it, it doesn't make any difference. Like no degree of inhale makes you feel inspired. None of those things that normally help give you any additional juice. And burnout and depression are actually quite similar. Um, having experienced both of them myself, they... It isn't that easy to figure out which is which, and in many ways it doesn't matter which is which, Um, but I do feel that a lack of boundaries doesn't do great things for either. And in my experience, my lack of boundaries led straight to burnout, and it took nearly a year the first time to crawl out of it. So if you feel like you're there already, if you're already applying inhale fuel and so on, and and there's no bottom and it's not making any difference and it feels like you're throwing it into a black hole, please ask for help. Um, That is a really important step to take. This is not something you have to power through on your own. A resource that I recommend um, both to prevent the experience of burnout and to help if you're already there is the book Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. It's one of the most validating and affirming things I've read on the topic. I was lucky enough to have um, Emily on the show. And this this topic and this book and the way that they address it was a huge help for me. And I only the only criticism I have of it is I wish they'd written it sooner because it was it, it came into my hands several years after I had gotten out of the burnout that I experienced. Emily was on, um, her episode is from season three, and we talked about burnout and how it impacts writers specifically. So I encourage you to check that episode out if it's, um, if it's a topic that's, that's touching you right now. 
please, above all, don't try to do things on your own or feel you need to muscle through if you're feeling debilitated. There's been a lot of reasons to feel debilitated in the last year and a half. And that on top of everything else that is already stressful, it compounds. And there is this experience like um, the boiled frog image, which I always think of from an Inconvenient Truth, Al Gore's movie, that if we if we have a really sharp contrast between um, things being just fine and things being way too much, it's like putting a frog in uh, boiling water and they'll jump right out. But if you, if you put it in at room temperature and then you gradually increase the heat, which is how most of us experience this, you know, we start in a new job or we start in a new situation and we just do a little bit more, a little bit more. Okay. I can handle a little more, a little more. And then eventually we're burned out. So you may not notice the point when it tips over from being okay to way too much. So reach out to trusted friends and family. And if you don't have trusted friends and family available, reach out to mental health resources in your area. It's really important that you not feel like you're alone. That was a big deal uh, for me in terms of getting through it was that I, I didn't, I didn't try to do it all by myself. So the biggest thing you can do to prevent this from being necessary is to practice saying no today. Being able to keep your own promises to yourself and knowing how much energy you have and being realistic about what you can accomplish with that energy is such a huge gift to you and to your writing. So I dare you, here's my dare for you at the end of this episode. And that is to realize that as you say no to something that that isn't the right fit for you or your time right now, that you're also saying yes to yourself and you're saying yes to your writing. So try it out, start small and see how it goes. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to this season of the Secret Library podcast. A couple of things you can do to stay connected and to get more out of this season. We have our YouTube channel with a condensed short tip that you can practice each week. So the YouTube channel is linked in the show notes. And also you can sign up for footnotes via the link in the show notes. And that way you get emails with tips and additional resources that I find. I always update my list on what's going on and what I found that's useful, similar to the resources shared in this episode. And if you're a subscriber to Footnotes, you get to join the Secret Library Cafe, which is our private network. And we have discussions going on after each of these episodes. And they have been really really lovely with people sharing everything from their crazy day jobs to how they are impacted by time and so on and so forth. So if you'd like to be a part of that conversation, then sign up for footnotes via the link in the show notes and we'll see you over there in the cafe. Thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm.